be seated. I am so blessed to be here with you all today. This a little part of the body of Christ coming here to celebrate and to worship together in fellowship and love. And uh, just hold on tight because I know that the Holy Spirit has got uh, some wonderful things in mind. And I've been anticipating this for a while. So we love you all and just want to just tell you that first off. And uh, we are blessed to have with us uh, my great friend and one of uh, the powerful uh, officers in God's army in this last times, end times church, the evangelist, prophet Russell Lorfing. I am going to uh, minister to you um, and uh, remind each other we're going to talk about the Lord and, uh, and what this wonderful day represents. You know, without this day, Christmas doesn't matter. That's right. Amen. 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 <laughs> and we just, uh, we're going to get into that. And then um, uh, whenever the Holy Spirit prompts me, I'm going to, to lose the man of God. And uh, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit have his way in uh, his church. Amen. Amen. Is Jesus entitled to that, isn't he? Yes, yes he is. Amen. And uh, so anyway, first off, though, we are going to receive our offering. I'm going to have Russell come up and uh, minister that for a minute because... Um, We've been practicing something, and I want to see if it works uh, even with another minister. Right. <laughs> well, he did say he's going to have me come up for a minute. I don't know how to do a minute. I promise you that. I don't know how to do a minute. And I'm not even going to try. Hey, we're going to settle into the presence of God on Easter Sunday. Listen, you got up on Sunday morning. You got dressed. You came to this rented VFW hall, and God has something for you. I flew 1,200 miles to be here. I didn't come to get out in 30 minutes. I didn't come to phone it in. I came to give you everything that heaven has. And you have needs. I can feel it in the building. And today we celebrate. The anniversary of Jesus overcoming death, hell, and the grave. Because, because, that means that everything you have need of, you can have today. Hallelujah. And, and as much as it pisses people off, that also includes money and stuff. I don't care. They think all preachers want is your money. All I want you to do is have everything Say it again. You've lived on too little 
for too long. And if you think that your source is your job, if you think your source is your social security, if you think your source is any natural thing, then you're limited to whatever your employer can give you. You're limited to whatever your monthly stipend is from the government, praying that maybe it'll give a little boost for inflation. But that's not the way of the kingdom of God. Now I'm preaching. Listen. <laughs> Why do we give in its highest form? Giving financially, the offering is a form of worship. worship. Hallelujah. It's worship. Are there promises from God to you if you'll worship God with your stuff? As much as it pisses off the religious folks, it doesn't matter. God says that if you'll give, it will be measured back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will God cause men to give in to your bosom? I have given millions of dollars, and I've received millions of dollars. I can tell you this isn't a theory. This is not a point of doctrine for me. This is something I have lived with Jesus. I started the ministry making $500 a month. And even though that was 1994... $500 a month wasn't a lot of money. And I have seen the hand of God bless me from when I had nothing. When I had to believe God just for food. When I went on a 21-day fast because I had no other alternative. I could either starve and complain or just fast and pray. And I've tried, I've tried, I've tried to outgive God. It's not possible. It's not possible. Let me give you one promise from the scriptures this morning. Listen, I've been up since 2.30 this morning. I had a missionary doing his first crusade in the Philippines. And all of heaven's breaking out in the Philippines. And I can't sleep. And I get to come and preach to the great people of Praise and Truth Church. I can't sleep. Oh, I'm so excited about Jesus. I'm so excited about the empty tomb. But I'm most excited about what God has for you Amen. this morning. Amen. And I know that I'm an acquired taste. I know I'm a little different than Pastor Will. I'm going to shout. I'm going to sweat through this shirt. But it's okay. We're going to have something from God today. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me give you one promise from the scriptures. Proverbs chapter 3. You can turn there or just trust me. I'm breaking in a brand new Bible. Nothing's in where it's supposed to be. I used to know where everything's marked on this side of the page and breaking out a new one. Praise God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. This has guided me almost 30 years in the ministry. This has guided me from $500 a month to millions of dollars. Listen, it's been 20 years since I had a guaranteed paycheck. I have no employer but God. I've come here since January for no money. I, I don't require anything from the church. God told me to sow into Pastor Will and the great people of Grace and Truth Church. So I'm coming to do that. And do you know this is going to be a record year for my ministry? And I'm spending two Sundays a month not even getting offerings. It doesn't matter. God is a blesser. Hallelujah. 
Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and the first fruits of all your entries. Say first fruits. We give God our best and we give him it first. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your entries. And hey, if that was all God said, it would be fine. If that's all God required, I would obey it with all my heart. But verse 10 says that if you'll honor the Lord with your stuff, and if you'll honor the Lord with the first fruits of all your increase, your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do you need plenty? Yes. If anybody's honest, does the money sometimes run out before the month does? Yes. But when your barns are filled with plenty, you've got more than enough just for your needs and the needs of a lost and a dying world. Amen. There's a perversion of prosperity in America and in the West. Prosperity doesn't focus on what you get. Real biblical prosperity focuses on what you give. I'm not blessed to fly first class or to lease a seat on a jet. I'm blessed to put somebody else in first class to pay for some other preacher's transportation. I told you I was here last time. I'm shrinking supernaturally. The Lord told me August 7th, 2023 on your 49th birthday, son, I'm going to give you a present. I'm going to take all that weight off of you. And it's just falling off. And I told you last Sunday I was here. I went to go have dinner with somebody. And this really makes religious people mad and I don't care. <laughs> Bad court. <laughs> I went to go have dinner with somebody and he loaded me down with $25,000 worth of clothes. All of that stuff is still in transit to my house in Florida. It's going to be too big by the time it gets there. So I'm going to give it all away to a bunch of other preachers. And what's going to happen? More stuff's going to come back. I've had people flying on the airplane. You're a preacher? Flying first class? Aren't you supposed to give all your money to the poor? I'm trying to. Everything I give, the Lord keeps bringing back to me. I'm not focused on what I can get from God. I'm focused on what I can make happen for His kingdom. But in the process, my barns are filled with plenty. Can you look in my eyes? My back's overflow with the new wine of heaven. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Oh, Jesus, you're amazing. So I don't know how we do the offering. Do we bring it up? Do they send it in the back? Collect it. That's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Where's an offering envelope? Bring me an offering envelope. I got a soap. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, if you're giving old school, make out your checks to Grace and Truth Church. If you're giving online, that's good. That's the way we do it nowadays. I'm going to pray. You know, you know how you embrace the offering? If you really want to break free financially, if you want to break free from this world system where everything's limited to when's my paycheck going, when's my direct deposit going to hit my account? If you want to break free from that cycle, just say, Lord... Everything I have belongs to you. And I'm here at Grace and Truth Church. And I don't get a penny from the offering. I'm just telling you the way the kingdom of God works. On a Sunday morning, 
Every time there's an offering basket, you just say, Holy Ghost, everything I have belongs to you. What would you have me give? And then just do that. And if you get two numbers, the little one's always the devil. And the big one's always God. The devil doesn't want you to give. Hey, hallelujah. When I, you know what? You know what? We talked here, I think, in, in January about hearing the voice of God. There's no better place to tune your ear than when it comes to your stuff. Because you care about it. You care about your stuff. And you'll make sure you've heard God before you write that check. Before you do that text by giving, you'll make sure you've heard God. God will stretch you sometimes, but not every time. Not every, not every offering is an alabaster box offering. We just want to see this gospel preached to the world. Hallelujah. God said if you'll give him the first tenth, your 90% will be more blessed than it ever could be if you kept all 100%. And I have tried and proven that in my life. From $500 a month to a worldwide ministry. Houses of my dreams. Cars of my dreams. And then I had the Lord check me and said, sell everything and give it all away. And I did. I'm almost 50 years old and my net worth, you would laugh. You would laugh if I told you my net worth. Probably under $100,000 total combined net worth. 30 years in the ministry, almost 50 years of age. I don't care. Nothing in this world holds sway with me. God wants to bless you and he's going to do it. But he created seed time and harvest. And this is your chance to jump in to the kingdom flow in your finances. Did I get an amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, speak to your people today. Lord, you're not trying to get anything from anybody. You're trying to get things to your people. Thank you for this miracle of seed time and harvest. You said as long as the heavens remain, as long as there's summer and winter, cold and heat, that seed time and harvest will never pass away. There's nothing that we can put into your kingdom that you won't multiply and give it back to us. Hallelujah. Lord, this blessing that you put on my life, this blessing that's on power of God World Outreach, Father, I bless the stuff of the people of Grace and Truth Church. In Jesus' name. And all the believers said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I tried to do a minute, Pastor Will. I tried to do a minute. I said it leads to a minute. All right, okay.
wowed by God? I am. He wows me. Okay, I'm going to ask the rest of the choir to come up. Barbara, Barbara and Joy, come up. Yeah, they were gone, they were in the choir. The rest of the choir, that's it.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day, this wonderful Resurrection Sunday that you have given us to come here. Your children gathering together to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to worship you together in love, power, and victory. Meet them all at their point of need today, Lord. And everyone who hears this message or sees it by some other means, either today or in the future, we love you as well. We pray for you just like you are here with us. And we know that many of you are a part of this church. So God bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God wants to tell you something today. So don't let me forget to tell you. <laughs> when I last spoke to you all, it was Palm Sunday last week. We had the palms instead of the lilies here. Amen. From John chapter 12, we watched Jesus triumphal and uh, humble entry into Jerusalem for his last week, the beginning of that last week of his human uh, natural life and ministry in this world, didn't we? You know, the very next chapter, chapter 13 of John, I told you over a third of the New Testament is all about the last week of Jesus' life and ministry. But the very next chapter jumps to the last night Chapter 13 is where John starts off. The last night, the last supper, we've come to call it. And Jesus had a lot to say. Chapter 14, 15, 16, 17. Those are my favorite chapters. Along with about a hundred others. <laughs> you know how I am. It's just so awesome. But he had a lot on his heart that night, didn't he? He had a lot to share. I mean, he was turning over his church to some guys that just didn't seem quite ready, did they? So he poured a lot into them at that Last Supper. And then they left Jerusalem and they walked down out of Jerusalem and across the Kidron Valley and the brook up to the Mount of Olives. And by the time we get to chapter 18, Judas showed up with the uh, the soldiers and the officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees to betray the Lord. He let them arrest him. Jesus cut one of the ears off and Jesus just Peter, did I say Jesus? Yeah. Peter cut one of the ears off of a guy named Malchus and Jesus said I'll put that away and he just put the ear back on for him. He let them arrest him, amen? amen? And they took him back, and that night they put him through a series of mock trials, I believe six altogether. Three of the worldly court and three of the religious passing him around and beating him and mocking him and dressing him up and parading him around and spitting on him, flogging him crucified our Lord. They laid him in a borrowed tomb. That was Friday. And I was in a store a couple days ago and I asked the clerk, I said, hey, how are you doing today? And 
And she said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. It's Friday. <laughs> I said, yes, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Amen. 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 Ah, somebody hear me. God wants to tell you something today, Messiah. Don't let me forget to tell you. <laughs> On Friday, I, I placed a cross like I always do every year in my a, a plain cross in my front yard facing the street for everyone to see. Always seems to me that no one seems to pay much attention, though I'm sure some do as they drive by every day or walk by with their dogs and wonder what they're thinking. Do they think about his death? Do they just see my Jesus hanging there on a cross some 2,000 years ago? And I think how sad if they do. Do they believe? I wonder. I know I invited one of my neighbors to, to church and he said, I, I don't do that. So I said, that's all right if I keep praying for you, right? I've only been praying for you for 15 years. He said, yeah. You know what that tells me? It's religion that's turned him off. So I used to try to, I used to, try to convince everybody about Jesus and the resurrected king. <coughs> prove our case, which is really solid, by the way. You have to, you're not much of a scientist. You have to have greater faith not to believe in the resurrection. It's so well documented. But, you know, I, I found out I make a terrible Holy Spirit. And so I decided, well, Lord, we'll just let you do the convicting of the sin of unbelief and uh, and lead them into all truth. And what I'll do is I'll just try to provoke them to a godly jealousy um, by my beautiful relationship that I have with God and my King. Praise Him. You see, when I looked out the window Friday and Saturday, I saw something written on the other side of that cross, on my side that they couldn't see from the street on Friday or Saturday. Please tell somebody, I think God wants to tell us something today. Yeah. You know, there was, a, there was a great man of God, and I, I know some of you familiar with him. His name was S.M. Lockridge. S.M. stand for Shadrach, Meshach, <laughs> Lockridge. Great man of God, he pastored for 40 years in San Diego, California. He went home to be with the Lord in his late 80s in uh, the year 2000. And I want to read something that he wrote. He said, it's Friday. Jesus is praying. Peter's asleep and Jesus, Judas is betraying, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. Pilate's struggling. The council is conspiring. The crowd is vilifying. They don't even know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running like sheep without a shepherd. Mary's crying. Peter's denying. But they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The Romans beat my Jesus. They robe him in scarlet. They crown him with thorns, but 
they don't know that Sunday's coming. It's Friday. See Jesus walking to Calvary, his blood dripping, his body stumbling, and his spirits burdened. But you see, it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The world's winning. People are sinning and evil's grinning. It's Friday. The soldiers nail my Savior's hands to the cross. They nail my Savior's feet to the cross. And then they raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday. But let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king. And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. But they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, feeling forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday. But Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death, lost. Death is won. Sin has conquered and Satan's just a laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard and a rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It's only Friday. And Sunday is a coming. Hallelujah. Did I mention that God wants to tell you something today? Good. Did I also mention that after Jesus was crucified, thanks to a very kind man named Joseph of Arimathea, they laid him in a borrowed tomb. A borrowed tomb. The king of the universe laid in a borrowed tomb. Well, he wasn't going to be there long. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20 and put a finger or your bookmark in Luke chapter 24. John chapter 20, starting in the 11th verse, and we'll just read a little bit of the account, a couple of the accounts of Jesus' resurrection. This first one in John chapter 20 is where Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. You know, he had delivered her of seven demons. John 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she went, as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, or where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. Does it sound like the Ark of the Covenant? They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she didn't know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And in verse 16, and she said, Jesus said to her, Mary. 
she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he has said these things to her. Now turn over to Luke chapter 24, and I'm just going to read the first eight verses. When the, uh, the group of women arrived, it's always the women. Makes me think these young disciple men were all lazy. <laughs> Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, you can underline this, it's okay to write in your Bible. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Listen, folks, it's, it's, it's important to remember what the Lord tells you. Take a lesson from this. Oh, and didn't I say the Lord wanted to tell you something today? You know, on the other side of that cross, in my yard, the side that I can see through my window, it says, He is risen. In the Greek, two words, Christos anesti. Christ is risen. I turned it around for them early this morning for everyone to see. And that's what he wants to tell you today, folks. I'm alive. Amen. And I love you. Amen. Listen, Jesus' death was no accident. I don't know, but I, I have the feeling that a lot of people think this is just a story you know and they they get some wrong idea ideology about it some wrong doctrine some wrong theology when they thinking about it wrong this is the true story of how God redeemed fallen mankind back to a place where they could be in a permanent covenant relationship with him forever it's not a story of how the devil killed Jesus, but God brought him back to life. No, 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 no. This was all part of the plan of God. It went to committee, actually, the determinate council of God. You know who's on that committee? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
and they thought it was good. This was the greatest spiritual, military, political victory ever accomplished in the history of the world. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 23, talks about this, that him being Jesus, being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and this is on the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching to, he was fixing to get a bunch of people saved. You have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. I'll tell you what it says in the New Living Translation. My brother Russell loves it. I do too. It's so fun to read. You just got to make sure you fact check everything later before you preach it. But man, it cuts right to the core. New Living Translation says, but God knew what would happen. And his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. See, the Bible says that if the devil would have known what was happening, he would have never done it. That's right. Amen. You're right. He took the bait in his pride and arrogance. Pride is a killer. This is all a picture of the heart of God, the wisdom of God towards us. His expression of infinite mercy and grace to the human race. He put the sin, the rebellion of us all on Jesus. We all like sheep have gone astray, what Isaiah said in chapter 53. And then he punished or judged the rebellion by turning his judgment toward Jesus on the cross. Until he exhausted all of his punishment and the curse of Adam's rebellion in the body of Jesus. And did away with that terrible evil inheritance for all of us who believe upon Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's a good place to shout, folks. Amen. Amen. Now... As we accept and identify with him in his resurrected life on this side of the cross, on the risen side of the cross, please never let me see a crucifix hanging in your living room with Jesus on there. He's not there anymore. The benefits are tremendous as we identify with the risen king. Tremendous. And we're going to be talking about those because we need to understand them and, and walk in them in power and love and authority and prosperity and all the wonderful things that Jesus died to provide us with. And they're eternal. But the main benefit is knowing God, the Father, knowing His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus even defined eternal life in John 17, 3 as that. This is eternal life, that they know you, the one true God, and your son, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then we're blessed 
to have the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, walking with us, the paraclete who comes alongside and takes a hold together with us of all the obstacles and the mountains of, of this life. Amen. Amen. He's the God of the mountain top and also the God of the valleys. Amen. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He's there to help you through this life and guide you, protect you all the way to your final destination with your heavenly bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Amen. There was a great and wonderful exchange that took place on the cross. That's why we have so many wonderful things. When you know the word and you know Jesus, there, there's litmus tests that you use in your life. I go to a car dealership and they, t they try to use fear tactics to the, today only. Oh, thank you very much. Mark you off my list. Someone tries to guilt me into something. Oh, no, thank you. Jesus bore that on the cross for me. I'm not going to be motivated by it. Amen. He was punished so you could be forgiven. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He was made sin with your sinfulness and mine that you could have his righteousness. That means you're in right standing with God. Amen. <coughs> he was made a curse. So that you might receive the blessing. He was wounded physically. So that you could be healed physically. Amen. Yes. Amen. He became poor. Financially. He, he became hanging there suspended between heaven and earth. Naked and destitute. Rejected by both temporarily. He was thirsty. He was naked. He was hungry. He was in need of all things. That's, that's poverty folks. He became poor so that you could enter into his abundance that he was entitled to or is entitled to by his birthright. Amen. He was rejected by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken? It's complete humanity this time. He had never been apart from his father since way before this earth was ever created. Ever. But temporarily, God rejected him so that we might be accepted in the beloved. So he would never have to turn his back on us again. And he endured our death. You were on death row, folks. I don't care how good you are. You, if you've ever failed at one point of the law, you're guilty of the whole thing. That's how holy God is. And he's a just God. So he had to deal with it. Jesus said, I'll go, Dad. I'll do it. I'll do it. And he took your place on that cross. He endured your death so that you could have his life. Amen. In John chapter 20, Jesus, he breathed on them. And you know, 
He endured all of those negatives so that we could have all of his positives. Just, just think of it that way. So quit trying to earn them. But quit trying to figure out how God can love you. That's why you need to understand spirit, soul, and body. The part of you that you can't discern with your natural senses is what was born again if you've been saved. And he identified God's a spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 24. That's what he told the woman at the well, isn't it? Now, if you will just learn to identify with him in his death, that's, a, that's why we get water baptized. That's why I don't sprinkle you. I dunk you and hold you under until you really repent. <laughs> Identify with him in his death. And that water baptism isn't what saves you. It's, a, it's, an, it's an expression. It's an outer expression of an inner commitment or change that's already taken place. And you're just doing it because he's asked you to do it publicly. <coughs> death. And then what happened in that short period of time in that borrowed tomb? He, he was brought back to life. So you need to be made alive with him again. Identify when you're quickened in your born again spirit and then resurrected from the dead. Huh? You go to the Old Testament, it's a type and shadow going through that Red Sea. <coughs> Just make sure when that water closes up behind you, you let it kill all those old enemies that are following you and trying to get you. In John 20, Jesus breathed his resurrected life upon those disciples. He said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Now listen to me here for just another minute. Just as I have been my Father's representative in the earth, now you will be my representatives in the earth. I only spoke the words that my father gave me to speak. And I only did the things that I saw him do. Now you only speak the words that I give you to speak and do the things that I tell you to do or I do through you. It's not you. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The same power that raised him from the dead lives in me and gives life to this mortal body. Amen. You have to reckon yourself dead and alive to Christ. Dead to the world, alive to Christ. Yes. Amen. You see, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So now, if someone sees you, they should see some semblance of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen, these are hard truths, I know. And Jesus is saying first and foremost, hey, I'm alive and I love you. And he's also saying this, I'm coming soon. Yes. I'm coming soon and my church has been asleep. But as my mama used to flip the light on and say every morning to my dismay, it's time to rise and shine. <laughs> There's a new day dawning, folks. Even in the church, 
And in these last days, the end times bride is going to be walking in power and love and victory, adorned in all the gifts of the Spirit. And it's going to be wonderful. You were born for such a time as this. Therefore, therefore, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. It's a promise. James 4, 7. I'm coming soon, he says. Keep your lights burning bright. Listen, there are 4,200 religions in this world, but there's only one empty tomb, folks. Amen. Only one conquered sin, death, hell, and the grave. There's only one way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by Him. Amen. People need to know this. He's returning soon. You say when? Well, I don't know, folks. I'm not on the planning committee. I'm on the welcoming committee. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Today's church, in large part, not here, not you, has been, has, they've minimized responsibilities and emphasized the privileges. Now we we need to embrace both. We need to embrace the responsibilities in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6 without throwing out the baby with the bathwater and getting rid of Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, which are the benefits. Amen. Amen. We need all of it. We've emphasized the privileges, though, to, to a fault in some cases. Not here. I'm talking about places where you go and there's no obligation, no commitment, no repentance. You, you don't even need to change your lifestyle if it's offensive to God and opens doors for the devil into your life. Just, just, just keep coming here and bringing your tithes here and we'll just make sure it stays fun for you. We'll even try to keep that barroom atmosphere for you. We'll keep it dark and the smoke machines running and the music turned up loud and we'll make sure we get the best. People are hungering for the truth. Yes. The grace of God is not a license to sin. It's the power and provision and protection of God for you to empower you to be and to do all that he created you to be and to do you're not a do to be you don't do right to get accepted by God you have been created right you're in right standing with God you are his child and he loves you there's no substitute for salvation Nicodemus, a good man, in all worldly regards, a teacher of the, the Jews, came to Je Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 3, and, and he's talking them all this stuff. And Jesus just act like he didn't hear anything he said. He answered a different question, it seemed like to me, because he knew what the man needed. He said, listen, because the guy was trying to have a spiritual conversation with him when he wasn't a spiritual man. He said, listen, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. And he was right. 
There's no salvation without Jesus Christ. In Luke 24, a moment ago, I mentioned that the, the angel asked, asked a serious question. He said, why do you seek the living among the dead? We have a living God, not one in a tomb, not one hanging on a cross. He's powerful and real and relevant and available and good. Don't seek him in the things of the world. This is all made of dirt, folks. <laughs> or in dead religion. False idols. Don't focus on the world. He said, I'll keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me because they trust in me. Get that vertical relationship fixed and I guarantee you all the horizontal ones will get better. Amen. I, I guarantee it. We're going to keep ministering today. Brother, come on up. I'm going to listen to the man of God for a while and see what the Holy Spirit has to say through him. And we're going to make sure if you need to receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get both today. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hmm. Pastor Will was visiting S.M. Lockridge, probably one of the greatest preachers to ever grace planet Earth. This morning, I actually posted to our social media accounts, maybe the greatest five-minute sermon ever preached called, That's My King. I actually watched it twice, the short version and the long version, just this morning. But in all deference to Brother Lockridge, Sunday's not just coming, baby. Sunday's here, and the tomb is empty, and that changes everything. I said, that changes everything. I could take you on an airplane today to Medina, Saudi Arabia, and I could show you the ashes of Mohammed. I could take you to Nepal, and I could take you to the ashes of Buddha. I could take you to China and show you the ashes of Confucius. All of the false gods that have held billions in sway of deception. It's all false. I can take you to where they're buried, to where they celebrate their death. Yeah. But the tomb is empty. Yeah. Yeah. And when that veil was torn, yeah. in a manner that was impossible for man from top to bottom, God was forever changing the covenant that he would have with man because man was now reconciled back to God by the blood of Jesus. And it's just as if you never sinned. But we have a church that acts like he's still on the cross. We have a church that acts like the tomb is not empty. What do you mean, Pastor Russell? Well, I'm not a pastor anymore. What do you mean, Brother Russell? Jesus took the curse of the law on his body in three words that changed everything for you and me. That changed the course of human history. It is finished. But it's not just the curse of sin. Jesus took sickness. Jesus took poverty. Jesus took anxiety and depression. Jesus took every malady that can affect mankind into his body. And because the tomb is empty, you can go to Israel and go right now and see it. 
Because the tomb is empty. You don't have to live like Jesus isn't risen. I was laying, I was laying in critical care in a hospital in 2020. And I didn't know what was happening to me. I was actually out of my body and had a three-day encounter with God. I've forgotten 90% of it. I've retained about 10%. But I heard the audible voice of God in my left ear. Some nurse came in and said, if you don't start moving more oxygen... We're taking you to ICU and going to put you on a ventilator. And the last words I said to my wife as they took me into the hospital, I prophesied, if they take me to ICU, the devil will kill me. And I heard the audible voice of God in my left ear. If you can't be healed, then Jesus wasn't raised. But Jesus was raised. Hallelujah. And that means if you don't have to put up with the curse of the law, with the curse of sin, not in your body, not in your finances, not in your family. And there's a lot of saved people here. Maybe not burning hot like you should. Hey. But there's a lot of saved people here. So I'm not just focusing on salvation, even though that's the most important thing. I'm going to talk to you for the next few minutes about two words that God woke me up this morning with. Resurrection power. Resurrection power is your inheritance as a child of God. And I know that the Western church does a terrible job of showing it. But this word is true. If you have to leave those doors sick, If you have to leave those doors broke, if you have to leave those doors depressed, then this word is not true. Jesus said, it is finished. I paid the price for everything that you need. Now, religion doesn't like this kind of preaching. The devil can kiss my gospel grits. I don't care. If this word is not true, let's burn it in the parking lot and I'll quit the ministry. Everything is possible because Jesus was raised. It's a good day for a miracle, Grace and Truth Church. It's a good day for the supernatural intervention of God. That what man says is impossible. God says it's a piece of cake and you can have it today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now y'all hang out with me here on Easter Sunday. I know people have Easter dinner and all these things. If you have to leave, I won't make fun of you very much. (laughs) A little bit. I won't make fun of you, but just let me tell you, I don't care how good Easter dinner is. Within 24 hours, you're going to poop it all out. (laughs) And have nothing to show for it but what you flushed. Some of y'all are going to go visit with family. You already know what that's going to be like. Isn't that right? Let's hang out with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I don't prophesy on demand. Even though I can. I don't prophesy on demand. I wait for the unction of the Holy Ghost. But I see in the Spirit. Some of you are glowing. You're highlighting to me. You. You. You, you, you and you, 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 
something for you. And if you got to go have dinner, awesome. But you might want to hang out and see what the Holy Ghost has to say. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. This spirit realm is more real than what you can see with your eyes and hear with your ears and touch with your hands. The Bible says that your spirit has eyes. Your spirit has ears. Your spirit has senses. I didn't always believe that. See, my hands are just, they're burning. They're burning right now. And this first happened to me when I was 19 years old. And it was a conundrum. Do I have a vascular disorder? What, why is this that my hands begin to burn? I'll tell them. I'll tell them. I'm going to help some of you. Again, I don't care about the clock. Do you guys know that? Could not care less. Go if you got to. Don't care. I'm going to hang out and listen to what God has to say. I got some preachers in training. Holy Ghost preachers are in this building. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to teach you some things. You, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When I was 19, I began to have this phenomenon in my body and I didn't know what it was. And I ran into a guy who was my age and he had a profound, undocumented spiritual gift. I would never preach it like it's scripture. There's only nine gifts of the spirit listed in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. But he could see in the spirit 24, hour day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He always saw angels and demons. And I thought he was nutty. I thought he was lying. I did not believe him. Until one day I was driving down the road. He wanted to ride to church with me. He was in Bible college. And we're driving down the road and we're just talking. And he was definitely an odd duck. I mean, no doubt about it. He was an odd duck. And he said, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's two angels of death that are just taking two people to hell right now. And I didn't even know there were angels of death. I do that. But I didn't then. And I, I just thought, man, this guy is goofy. I cannot wait. It's 45 minutes to church. I cannot wait to get him out of my car. And he just kept saying, oh, no. Oh, no. Two angels of death just took two people to hell. Oh, no. Oh, no. Two death angels just took two people to hell. Five miles down the road on the right-hand side. Never forget it. There was a coroner's van, and there were two gurneys with body bags that were filled and sealed, and there was a car, actually a truck, and the windshield was completely shattered, except there were two holes right where the driver and the passenger were. People had not been having a seatbelt, and they were ejected and instantly died. And I said, whoa. But I still didn't know if he was legit. He would always tell me things about the spirit realm, and I was fascinated but also a little weirded out. And so he came to my room one day uh, at Bible college and he knocked on the door and I was spending time with the Lord. And, and honestly, I found him quite irritating. So I, I wasn't going to answer the door. I wasn't going to answer the door. And he knocked and he says, come on, Russ, I can see you in there. So I kid you not, I kid you not, I went and hid behind the little wall that walked into the bathroom. He goes, Russell, I can see you moving over there by the wall that goes into the bathroom. I was like, well, okay, okay. So I'm preaching at my home church. They give me my first opportunity to preach. Never preached like that in front of a group of people before. And I got this phenomenon happening with my hands. It's happening right now as I'm up here in front of you. My hands are lit up like low grade, like 60 or 70 volts of electricity. 
And I didn't say anything to anybody. And I'm up there, and I can feel it. And I made the mistake during praise and worship of trying, I won't do it right now, trying to put my hands together, and I almost fell out under the power. And then I would just go, and I would forget, and I would touch my hands together, and I would almost go out under the power. And I feel this tap on my left shoulder. He goes, hey, Rose. That's how he talked. Hey, Rose. <laughs> he said, an angel of the Lord is pouring anointing oil on your hands. And every time you touch your two hands together, it starts swirling around your whole body. He said, your body can't take that kind of glory. What I, did, what I didn't say to him was that my feet were starting to have the same thing. And he said, the, the angel's anointing you with the anointing oil, and it's pulling around your feet, and your feet are glowing just like your hands. And I said, well, I believe now. I believe now. We were going into Grapevine, Texas. He was in the car with me another time. And the name of that, the name of the pastor of the church we were going to was Dwayne Tracy. And he's one of the greatest men of God on planet Earth. I served him for 20 years, traveled all over the place. Tens of thousands of meetings we did together. I was his armor bearer. That's how I came up in the ministry. My friend did not know the name of the pastor of the church was Dwayne Tracy. We're pulling into Grapevine, Texas. And he said a demon just going like 100 miles an hour in the spirit is screaming, Dwayne Tracy's preaching this morning. Let's get out of here. You are known in the spirit realm. That realm is more real than what you can see with your eyes and hear with your ears. So why do you say all that, Russell? Because I want you to tap into what the spirit of God is saying today. God has something for you. And nothing for God comes up here. Everything for God comes down here in your spirit. Right? Yeah. The Bible says that for God is a spirit. Yeah. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit yeah. and in truth. And I didn't know it at the time, but God sent me here on assignment in January 1st, 2023, to bring Grace and Truth Church more into the middle lane of being a church of the word and a church of the spirit. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. God tricked me. I wouldn't have preached all that. I didn't know what God was doing. But I see it clear now. Hallelujah. Amen. And I'm telling you that my eyes are open in the spirit right now. And I see a building much bigger than this. Amen. With people from all walks of life coming to be a part of the word Amen. and the spirit. Amen. The Holy Ghost said to me, son, I want my Sunday mornings back. Yeah. Talking to the American church. Yeah. The Holy Ghost says, I want my Sunday mornings back. Yes. We, have a, we have services that are pre-planned. A year ahead of time. Six weeks ahead of time. They can tell you how long worship's going to be. How long the announcements. Exactly 28 and a half minutes for the sermon. we got to clear the building to get ready for the next crowd. The Holy Ghost wants His church back. And will accomplish more by the anointing of the Holy Ghost than a hundred thousand years of human effort. God will make more happen for you today. In 30 seconds. Then 30 years of beating your head against the same habits. The same addictions. The same mindsets. Hallelujah. Am I okay to prophesy? I told you, woman of God. I'm taken back in the spirit. And I told you that God was going to shake your family tree. Do not be concerned. He's shaking your family tree. 
I hear the Lord say, it needs to be necessary that I shake this thing. Because I'll shake it loose. Starting last Monday, I started to intercede in my prayer room for him. Monday and Tuesday. Praise the Lord. Give me your hand. Father, in Jesus' name, here comes the anointing. We're going to settle this thing quick. Yeah. Quick. Hey, I'm shaking the family tree. Mama, I'm shaking the family tree. Hey, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you will know that the Holy Ghost saved her life. The Holy Ghost saved her life. Not just five years of hell. Saved her life. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. My okay, Pastor Will. Hey. Thank you, Jesus. Resurrection power is your inheritance as a child of God. I love the Baptist. I love the Methodist. I love the Presbyterians. I even love most Catholics. Disagree with them vehemently on many things. I love everybody. But I'm a Book of Acts Christian. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost in power. I've got Jesus on my mind 24-7. I've got Jesus on my lips. I've got Jesus in my hands. And that's your portion. Hey, man of God. Spread my hands. Holy Ghost! Holy Ghost! God's breaking things off in your life even now. Even now, the Holy Ghost comes and he's chipping away things. They've been there too long. He's chipping them away. There's beauty under there. In Jesus' name. And I hear the Lord say, the planting of the Lord. It's good that you do back and forth, back and forth. The planting of the Lord you shall be. And a great blessing. Hallelujah. A great, a great, great blessing you shall be. I see a church mightily blessed because you're there. Hallelujah. I see a man of God greatly strengthened because you're there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Am I okay to prophesy? Hey. Thank you, Jesus. I give just about anything for some keys right now. I give just about anything for some keys right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Revelation 1.18, Jesus said, I am alive forevermore. I was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. But did you know that Jesus didn't keep those keys to himself? Hey, Jesus gave the keys to us. You believe that? Your lives need to look like it. I said your lives need to look like it. First Corinthians 3 3. Why do you walk and live as mere men? Mere men. Not did you want to see if I'm gonna trip on that. I'm not gonna trip on it. I'm not gonna trip on it. I promise. Not gonna trip. I was in a meeting in Arkansas once and I kept walking down the meeting down the hall, down a little aisle, and I would turn this way. I walk, I turn this way, and then I find myself spinning. 180, walking like this, and then turning like this. And a lady came up to me and says, you're not going to believe this, but as you were preaching today, an angel had both sides of your head and would walk you down the aisle and then turn you this way. And then you're walking this way and turn you all the way back this way. 
I'm telling you, my angels are not going to let me eat it on that court. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Boy, I'm torn right now. Hallelujah. Close your eyes with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to minister in the Holy Ghost, but first, I'm going to give a call. Woo this is why I was put on the earth. Just keep your eyes closed and listen to these words. I'm going to ask you a question to three different people, three different kinds of people. This is the most important question you can ever be asked on planet earth. This is the question that when you stand before almighty God, you're going to have to answer. What did you do with Jesus? The first group of people I'm talking to today. Have you in your life publicly made Jesus the Lord of your life? Is there a moment in time that you clearly know you said, Jesus, come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. I don't mean that you live in America where they say the money says in God we trust. I don't mean that you've gone to church your whole life. Are you certain that there was a time in your life that you said, Jesus, I'm no longer my Lord. You're my Lord. And I live for you the rest of my days. No longer my will, but your will. The second group of people. I love you. I love you. And I ask this in Jesus name. Is there a time in your life that you are on fire radically for Jesus? But you've let the things of the world and the things of sin to come in and they've diminished your fire. There was a time you would never tolerate sin. But now it's a daily part of your life. And you think that God will just wink at it. That God just okay with it. He's not. He loves you. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. And make you pay a price that you don't want to pay. And will eventually have you renounce your Lord and Savior. And take you to a devil's hell. I say this in Jesus name. If you're trapped by sin. Get rid of sin today before sin gets rid of you. And then the third group of people, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with full knowledge of your salvation? You say, Russell, I know I'm a Christian. I know that I gave my heart to Jesus, but the devil comes and lies to me. And even when I hear altar calls and calls just like this, I'm not 100% certain. I don't have 100% full assurance that if I were to get in a car accident and die today and stand before Almighty God, that I'm going to heaven. If you fit into any one of those three categories, all I'm asking you to do is just lift your hand and let me see it. Just lift your hand and let me see it. To put it down. The way that we handle this. I'm not embarrassing anybody. Jesus said if you're ashamed of me. 
I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. This is a public gospel. Nobody's going to get in your business. But you felt the Lord dealing with you today as I described three different groups of people. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And we're going to, if you mean business with God, He means business with you. And you can settle this thing once and for all. Amen? Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. Father, Father I come to you in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus died for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on the world. And I will live for you. Red hot fire. All of my days. I make you today. Now and forever. My Lord and Savior. In Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all your heart, the devil is a liar. And you can say that on Easter Sunday, 2023, I settled this thing down and I settled it forever. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you this, Grace and Truth Church, you know I love you. And I will sit here to be a prophetic voice into this house. Some of you, all of you lack is to turn up the heat. Turn up the heat in your daily life. Too much world, too much cell phone, too much nonsense. Turn up the spiritual heat. That old African-American preacher, one of my heroes, William Seymour from the Azusa Street Revival, he prayed, Lord, dip me in the kerosene of your spirit and I will burn for you. And people will come from around the world to watch me burn. That's God's heart for you. That the world would watch you burn for the Lord Jesus Christ. Full of the fire of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. While you were leading worship today, I heard Psalm 42.8. And it's about having a song in the night. And it's about being called and anointed to write fresh things from the Lord that they even come in the night. And I want to tell you, just roll with it. Just roll with it. Don't get caught up in what it means and what's my identity and what's it going to look like. Just go with it. You have a gift given to you by God. And I see it being turned up. Like if the knob was at a three, I see the knob go into like a ten. The song in the night is your portion. Write it. Write it. Words, lyrics, and melodies. Words, lyrics, and melodies. They're going to come to you in that order. I hear the Lord. Words, lyrics, and melodies. I'm not a songwriter. Don't know the difference. Words, lyrics, and melodies in the night is your portion. Father... In Jesus' name, let this thing be settled. Let this thing be settled. Just ease right into it. Such a blessing to you and to the world. A blessing to you and a blessing to the world. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on up. I'm going to do something here. I'm just going to follow the Holy Ghost on something. My sister here. Your name is Anne. I confirmed that yesterday with Pastor Willie. Because as I was praying over these meetings, I had a crazy week. And so normally I like to prepare when I'm in the city where I'm going to preach. There's something about having my feet on the ground there spiritually. But we know there's no distance in the spirit. And I just had a crazy couple of weeks. So I had to spend Monday and Tuesday, I had four hours each day, to pray and fast and just prepare for these meetings. And I kept seeing your face, brother. But I kept hearing this word, and, 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 and honestly, quite irritating. And, and then I saw you in the spirit. And I saw that your call. And the thing that you cried out to God is a much younger man. Darker hair, full of hair. I saw that you cried out for some things to God. And God says, you'll have them. You'll have them. And you'll be right there along his side. And together, you'll fulfill what you never could have done without her. Amen. Stand Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. What's going on in your body physically right now? Hold on. Jesus' name. Now. Now. In Jesus' name. 
on the inside of us. I'm just coming to confirm. Right? You should not get a lot of new information every now and then. Sometimes. But I'm just confirming what's already on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord.
God's use me is all over the world. People have names, ministers that heaven calls them. And I just looked at you, and the Lord said, Fire Walker. Because you'll be one who walks by fire of the Holy Ghost. Surrounded by people. Surrounded by people that don't understand. But you shall walk by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire Walker! today? Let's make sure we read a scripture today. Pray. Let's make this, let's make this service legal. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Tell you this, you, you guys called to the ministry. We're not going there. I'm, I'm switching it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. See, if the tomb is empty, and it is, if the tomb is empty, and it is, then why don't you have the thing that you've been believing God for? If the thing that obstructs you from receiving is removed. If the tomb is empty and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. That's what we call scripture. Romans 8, 11. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells in you. Then where is it? The thing that you need from God. Where is it? There's a hindrance. There's a blockage. And today on Easter Sunday, the Lord just redirected me. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be so disciplined, Pastor Will. The Lord said, handle the blockage. Handle the blockage. Why don't you have what God has promised you to have? Listen, I've been at this thing for a long time. I know we're not in heaven yet. I know that 1 Peter 5 says that we have an enemy who opposes us, who goes about like a roaring lion. And we have all these cute little Christianisms, right? 
but he had his teeth knocked out. All those things are true. Colossians 2 said that Jesus made an open spectacle of the devil. He's a defeated little wimp. Isaiah saw the unveiling of Lucifer at the end of the age. And he said when when they see Satan exposed, Isaiah saw him. He saw Lucifer. He said, this is the little effeminate sissy that deceived the nations of the world. That weak little thing. But, but, that enemy is still active against you. And there are some blockages and there are some hindrances here in this building today. And I'm going to deal with those by the Holy Ghost. Isaiah said that the yoke of bondage shall be obliterated by the anointing. Isn't that true? Luke chapter 4. You can turn there. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. If I only had one subject that I could preach on for the rest of my life. If I only had one subject I could preach on for the rest of my life. I'd tell you it'd be Jesus, but it'd be the anointing. It's the most precious thing in my life. Nothing matters to me in this life but this anointing. That manifest presence of God. People talk about God like he's not in the room. They talk about him like he's a historical figure. But I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus is in this building. Yes, amen. And his anointing is in this building. And that means that anything is possible. And you don't have to leave those doors the same way you came. Yeah. And Jesus said in Luke 4. Let's jump to verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I challenge you to find in that verse one need of mankind that isn't fulfilled by the anointing. You can't. I've tried. I can't find one need. That mankind has. That can't be completely solved. In the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by his anointing. He is coming right now. He is here right now. To set at liberty. That which holds you captive. You don't have to leave this building sick. Some of you have elevated the opinion of the doctor above what God's word declares. Jesus said that he took in his body every sickness and every disease that could ever plague mankind. I've got medical professionals in my family. That's my sister, seven years older than me, right there. She's a nurse. I love medical professionals. But they have such limited power. Jesus obliterated sickness in his body. He looked down from the cross and he could see all of his bones. And he took cancer. He took 
anxiety. He took depression. He took arthritis. He took every plague of mankind. Don't you see? Don't you see that the tomb is empty? Amen. Every need that you could ever have solved today in Jesus' name. At the pool of Bethesda, they used to have to wait for the stirring of the angel and one person to get in the pool and they could get their miracle. But now hundreds of millions of Christians alive on Easter Sunday, 2023, they can have every need met in Jesus' name. Oh, listen to me, Christ and Truth Church. Won't you just receive? It's one thing to clap, but receive into your body right now. My body's burning with the presence of God. Receive that which you need now. Yes, I'm going to lay hands on everybody that wants it. Yes, I have some gifts in my life of healing and miracles. I've seen things that I have doctor's reports where the, the, the doctor said healed by a miracle of God. People that I've prayed for. I've seen unbelievable things. But that's not God's highest and God's best. You can live in the reality of the empty tomb today. It's resurrection power today. Hallelujah. Resurrection power. Hey. Hey, what's your name? What's your name? Every hindrance I break now. I break it now in Jesus' name. Everything that would seek to bind you, I break. In Jesus' name, you're going to have the best year you've ever had coming out of this meeting. In Jesus' name. Amen. The best year you've ever had. That which is tied to tender is broken, my brother. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sometimes people aren't so sure. I don't care. Hallelujah. His power makes all the difference. If you really want to see your life change, Grace and Truth, boy, the anointing starting to settle on people right now. Listen, man, this is where the stuff happens. My services typically go four to six hours. We won't go that long this morning. I'm telling you, there's people that leave, but man, the miracles. So we started meeting at seven about midnight. There'd be a second or third wave that would roll in the building. I had many meetings where the Lord Jesus walked into the building. People saw him. I mean, multiple people at the same time. I've never got to, but I don't care. Right? Blessed are he who believes, but yet has never seen. Hey, I've never seen the Lord Jesus, but I'm going to. He promised me I've got an appointment with God while I'm on the earth. Hallelujah. Glory. Just close your eyes. This is, this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. He goes in. He goes in where a surgeon's knife could never go. He goes in to little emerging tumors that are growing that you'll never even know about. Right now, the presence of God. Right now, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Right now, that which you need. Hey, right now. My sister here. Can I pray for you? Yeah. You just hold your hand. Lord, I see the hand of God on your way. But, but I see that there's an intensity in your walk with God that needs to just come up. 
I see a young fat pedestrian that all that's waiting for you is to be driving like 65 miles an hour and then the hand of God comes and takes you where you never dreamed. You coming out of this meeting, we're going to make some decisions. You've already been doing it in your heart. You're already doing it in your heart. You're making some decisions. God is pleased. And I tell you this, your family's going to see it. And it's going to be you. Don't know what that means? I see eyes looking at you going, hey, whoa. The hand of God comes upon you. Now, raise your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, your anointing goes where no man can go. And it makes your crooked place straight. My sister, you'll have it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No need to clap. No need to clap. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what happens. All you have to do is agree with whatever God says. And I can't tell you how many meetings I've been in where I'm just agreeing with God. And then three days later, a week later, it's like, whoa, I'm different. Whoa, where's that thing I used to deal with? Hey, it's gone. I don't believe we should have to look for it. Hey, I don't believe we should have to look for it. But it's okay if you do. The hand of God comes upon you now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. I want you to focus in on your greatest need. Never heard that phrase before until I came here last July. And as I was walking in the building, the Lord said, minister to their greatest need. And now it's like my favorite ministry point. I want you to focus in right now on your greatest need. And then I'm going to lay hands on everybody that wants to. And I'm going to release all the faith. And all the anointing that this 49-year-old man of God has. And we're going to see some things break loose in your life. Even by next Sunday, you'll come to testify. Not sure I'm going to be here. I may be preaching at a church in Dallas. We'll see. But even if I'm not here, there will be testimonies next Sunday of what the Lord did in this meeting. And you'll see it. You'll hear it. You'll know it. Others will see it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jeff, I want you to come stand right here next to me. Hey, I see your boot. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise God. I pull people out of wheelchairs in meetings. And, you know, sometimes their muscles are just a little bit of weak. And sometimes they have a limp as that strength has been atrophied. And so even though there's a healing, sometimes it takes a little bit just to get in there. Just don't be moved by any of that stuff. Praise the Lord. Pastor Will, come stand with me. Praise the Lord. This may be my last time with you. Um, there's been a little bit of a scheduling conflict, and my whole May got booked by mistake. And so I'm like booked all through May, but I'll be back in June for sure. Don't know if I'll be back next Sunday. But I want to leave you with something. And I want to lay hands on everybody that wants ministry. And I've given words to some of you, and I'll give some more probably, definitely. Um, but, but I want to pray for you. And listen, I want you to just follow what the Holy Ghost is saying. Your greatest need. Your greatest need. I don't know what that is. That's between you and the Lord. Your greatest need. That's what we're going after. And we're going to see it. We're going to see it. Kathy's my sister. Not used to going to a church like this. 
Now you're seeing her brother jump up and down and sweat and all that kind of good stuff. This is not my natural personality, by the way. I'm actually quite reserved. Uh, don't even really like people that much. I mean, love them, but you know. I got, I got something with God. People kind of irritate me. If you're talking about baseball or the weather, stay away from me. I'm talking about the things of God all day long, but hey. Praise the Lord. I see in the spirit, Kathy, I see a group of women calling you mama. And even though I know in the natural that you, you've raised three sons and they're all like old and gone and all that kind of stuff and whatever they call it, empty nest and all that, I see a group of people that God has called you to and they're going to call you mama and you're going to be like a spiritual bomb to them. You're going to give them great life advice, but there's something coming upon your life where you're actually going to give them the deeper things of the kingdom of God and going to make a profound difference in their life. And I see you sitting with a group of women that are going to become very precious to you. And they're actually going to be like your sisters in the Lord. It won't be natural friendships. It's a spiritual group that you're going to be a part of. And I see you uh, with a, a coffee mug, but there's no coffee. And I know that you hate coffee. But I actually see you drinking tea. <laughs> and it's significant, and I don't know why. I see you drinking tea. And it's tea. <laughs> telling you, T, <clears throat> and I see you becoming a leader of these women, and it's going to answer something very, very deep in your heart, that all the things you've done in the natural, and I'm not speaking by any natural knowledge, the things that you've done in the natural have never really, really been able to touch this deeper thing, but now here, oh, even into your late 50s, you're going to bring along the spiritual side, and it's going to be such a blessing to you more than you ever dreamed. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So if you want prayer, I'm going to just minister to you. I'm going to have Pastor Will with me, and anything that he has from the Lord will give you. And Jeff, I want you to watch and pray. And I'll tell you why. Because what I'm about to do, you're going to do. Not today, but in the future. And you're going to see some things over people today. And then you're going to hear me or Pastor Will say those same things. And it'll give you great confidence that you're tuning in accurately. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? Yes, sir. I think God might have just... You know, I say that God sent me uh, from Tampa to Houston for Hannah. And I really believe that. But I think you too. I think you too. I think there's some things in God that never happen. Unless you get connected to the right people. And, and that's what this is. And I, I, I never knew that. But I know it doesn't stand here in front of me. Praise the Lord. So if anybody wants ministry along any lines. I want to pray with you and for you. And if I have something from God, I'll give it to you. There's some people I'm going to add some things I may have already said. And if you want to go have Easter, I promise no judgment. Enjoy it. You'll just poop it out. But hey, it's all right. I love you very much. And I will see you in June for sure. Amen. I love you and I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. Any takers that want prayer. And if it's private, then you just have to whisper. And I won't say anything to anybody. Hi. Hi. Okay. So I've told you the things. By the Holy Ghost. I, I want full disclosure. I did have a conversation yeah. yesterday with Pastor okay. Will. Sure. But 
He told me I met, but I told him I'd already been interceding for two days for Yeah. Okay? And I, I just want you to know that it is okay. That that word about shaking your family tree was given to you for this time right now so that you would be immovable. Not easy to hear those things. Not easy to hear those things. But God saw all this, prepared you ahead of time, and it's in your spirit. Put your hand on your belt. It's in your spirit that the answer comes. It's in your spirit that the answer doth come. In Jesus' name, I loose the Holy Ghost. Hey, hey, every ounce of pain. It's going to be like Holy Ghost amnesia. You listen to me. Holy Ghost amnesia. All the words. I break their hold now in Jesus' name. Not a bit of it was true. Hey, not a bit of it was true. In Jesus' name. Hey, 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 hey. Completely unrelated. I see a man coming into your life. The greatest blessing of your life is a gift from your father. I see him coming alongside you. Now listen to me. Listen to me. You will bring him to this house and it shall be confirmed. You shall bring him to this house and it shall be confirmed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come. 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 Hey, where's, where's your wife, sir? All right. I want to pray for her, but before we go. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep, 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 yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So listen, I woke up and I saw your face and I saw the desk of President, President Eisenhower and I didn't know what it was. I wasn't even going to tell you this. I was going to have to tell Pastor William this. Did you came up and had the balls to come up? Well, I guess it's not balls, but you had the courage to come up. Good for you. So I saw President Eisenhower, and I saw his desk. I saw him standing, and I had to look it up on Google, and it's called the Resolute Desk. And God is putting in you this thing. It's a spiritual thing. He's putting in you resolute, and you shall not be moved. And it's N-O-T-T-M-M. Like the Apostle Paul, none of these things move me, and it changes today. In Jesus' name, there's the anointing right there. None of these things move me. No, no, no. None of these things move me. Resolute, says the Lord. I call you resolute in Jesus. There's the anointing. Hey, there's the anointing. Hey, the job just got loose. The job just got loose. Right now as I prayed, I felt it release. The job just got loose. You'll have it. You'll have it. You'll have it. In Jesus' name, a pay raise. You'll have it. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. In Jesus' name. Hey. Hallelujah. Hey. Isn't that good? Mighty May. Mighty May. Yep. That's right. How about we just heal the pancreas and they got to back off the insulin and back off the insulin so you just don't need it anymore. Yeah. You know, that happened to me. And by the hand of God, the Lord healed me. And I actually, I actually checked my blood sugar. It diagnosed me with some crazy stuff coming out of the hospital. And I just took it every single day and just saw I got normal, 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 normal. 
And so I made my wife a promise. I'll take everything they prescribe as long as you understand that's not God's best for me and I'm coming off of it. And I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to pray that your stuff will work forever. I can pray that it'll work in the short term and then you're coming off of it because healing is your portion. In Jesus' name, organs work now. In Jesus' name. Now, out of my right hand, I just felt it. Out of my right hand, I just felt it. Into your organs. That's the power of God. In Jesus' name. Hey, you're going to take your medicine and you're not going to feel good. You watch your levels and you watch how they have to back that thing off. Lord, the same thing you did for me, I thank you for doing for mighty May. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, come here, come here, come here. Pains of feet. Pains, I rebuke you now in Jesus' name. Yes. Every underlying cause. Peter in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 107. You're going to park there. I see your car parked. Psalm 107. Read it. Some things are going to jump off the page. You're going to park there until the pain is gone. All right. Praise the Lord. I saw a parking spot written with Psalm 107. Hey. Hi. Tell me your name again. Tiffany. What's up? Pray for me. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come here. In Jesus' name. Lord.
I saw this accurately, you saw this as well. Spring forth, your life is about to spring forth. And I saw uh, this, this box of miracle growth poured on your life. And you need to be planted in the house of the I don't know, you know, is anybody in your life on a regular church or church? I don't know. But I see you being planted and then God pouring miracle grow on your life and then just fruit, 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 fruit everywhere. Supernatural. It's like miracle grow coming to your life. But you must be planted in the house of the Lord. Alright. Hallelujah. Yeah. To, to meditate back on that because I saw something come on you along those lines. And that's the Lord. I see a backpack. She's carrying a load that she's not supposed to carry. And God what her. Yeah. Right. No. Eagle come. Eagle come. No. What, what you're seeing is right. What you're seeing is right. Eagle come. Eagle come. You see? First the blade, then the ear, then the full cord in the ear. Okay? Alright. Praise the Lord. Hey, brother. Awesome. Man, I saw the end of the Lord coming on me the whole time I was preaching. 
that one of us feels guilty. But Jesus has obliterated the letters in the tomb. You don't leave out writing now to obliterate it. I don't know what the results are. But it changes today in Jesus' name. And I'm not hoping. I'm not hoping. I'm releasing my faith now. In Jesus' name. The power of God. The power of God. Now. In Jesus' name. Hey. In Jesus' name. We speak the word only. The healing power to every cell. In Jesus' name. Hey, hallelujah. Hey, hey, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Yes. 
and he turns in his two-week notice. In Jesus' Amen. name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, for Jeff. This revelation gives him this healing power that I walk in. Father, I impart to him now.
I've actually held a feather in my hand. I never told anyone in the crowd. Why? 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 Stick with the word. Stick with the word. But you follow the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be a fuddy duddy. Listen to me. There's a bunch of dry, crusty word preachers. You're not going to be one of them. You're going to flow in the Holy Ghost. This man here. There's a. Well, look in there. There's a fresh oil coming to you. And I see it in your belly. There's a fresh oil coming to you. Your services are going to change radically. There's a way that you've operated before. God said it's, it's completely new. There's a, I see a, <laughs> in the cruise of a, hey, that cruise of oil shall not run dry. Your ministry changes today, Pastor Will Brocker. Your ministry changes today. You, you told God you would do it. You told God you would do it. And he heard you. You're going to be a man of the word and the spirit. Praise the Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. I love you. Hallelujah. Well, yeah. 